Well, it's official. It is now my turn to propose. AMs with AJ on VFX found out Sunday night that a buddy of mine, he's been with his girl almost seven years, finally got down on one knee and finally proposed. And congratulations to the both of them. And this makes it so that I am the next one up to do so. And here's the thing, because my, my brother has a really good friend. And he invited him to his wedding. They actually hit it off by meeting on a cruise of all places. And then he ended up being one of his groomsmen. Well, that guy, by the time my brother's wedding had been all around, and my brother at the time had been together with his now wife for like 10 years close to it because they were high school sweethearts. Well, that guy, his name was Chris, had been with his girl for almost 10 years. And they weren't high school sweethearts. And so it got to the point that going to a wedding, being a groomsman in a wedding, was putting the pressure on him. He was hearing about, like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And ironically enough, for my buddy that just got proposed, everybody's like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Been almost seven years. And now Ashley and I are together five years this summer, and it's like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? So I feel the pressure a little bit. But, look, she's a great girl. Promise to make an honest woman out of her. Um, no, but really interesting is a uh, new survey says that 76% of men would be comfortable with their girlfriend proposing to them, which I think is a continual uptick. And let us be clear. I don't think the idea of a woman being the one to propose is what bugs men. I think more often than not, what it really is, is that guys are the ones that are taking the longest to get comfortable with everything. And we're freaking out. And that's why we want to be the one to propose because that's our initiation of the whole thing. But in all honesty... I'm a little bit of a traditionalist in that regards. Like, I, I don't want, and I've told Ashley, I don't want you to propose. I want to be the one that proposes. Do not, do not do that. And I think it's solely because, yeah, a little bit, a little bit took me longer, longer, I think, than her to, to get to that point. But the second thing is, too, uh, she's great. Like, she's awesome. I'm the work in progress. She has been amazing. And so, like, yeah, I, it, I, I can meet, I can meet her somewhere on this journey. Her proposing is just her. Continuing to do the great things for the relationship that I need to continue to pay her back for day in and day out. And so I was like, no, 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 no. I need to do this because you're amazing and let, let me just take care of it. And I, I think part of it, I was just like, yeah, you know what? I love you. Go ahead and do it. But fellas, come on. Get down on one knee. You, you need to, 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 to take care uh, uh, and show that, yeah, I'm in this just as much. Don't let them just lead the relationship the whole way. Actually... Congratulations again to my buddy. Speaking of people that I love, though, I found out, as we're going to share awkward stories this morning, uh, that, uh, well, an unexpected, I consider family member listens to the show. The problem is they're not actually my family member. They're related to somebody else. And I talk about them a lot on the show. You know, it's amazing the amount of support that my friends and family sometimes give me, usually when I can help them out. When <laughs> In terms of my radio career, AOs with AJ on VFX. I'm being a little bit mean about it. No, in the age of technology, right, with all the podcasts, you can stream us online. You can find the podcast at any given time on VFX. Just search for Utah's VFX where they are, wherever they are. Anyone can listen. Well, I found out that my buddy was who was just here, his mom listens to the show, which is awesome because I refer to her as mom. I consider her family. The problem is that her baby boy, her actual baby boy who just visited, I talk about semi-regularly. 
Now, I, w- I would like to say, by the way, in the after show yesterday, after complaining that he did not make the couch uh, while sleeping on it, talking to Producer Butters about that, because Producer Butters was fascinated about making the bed since he had guests over and thought that they judged him since he left his bed unmade. He did make it. I don't know if Mommy Dearest texted in or called him and said, hey, by the way, do this. But 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 it's it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit because that's usually the friend, right, that is the one that uh, – well, let's just say has has struggled in love, struggled in love, and been a source of um, I wouldn't say fun because I do want him to be happy and I care about him, but a source of uh, some laughs along the way as things have gotten a little bit ridiculous in his love life. Though I'm glad to report that he's doing all right, and thank goodness he has met someone he seems to really like, and I cross my fingers for him because Lord knows it's tough enough to to date and then to see you know another friend. Get proposed, me talking about proposing. Yeah, it just it just makes you feel great, right? When you're nowhere close to that. It re- and I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying that's how you internalize it because the brain is not a fun place all the time. But to to my buddy's mom, hi, he's he's really nice and I love him. And I'm not gonna talk about him today. I'm not. I'm actually gonna share awkward stories about myself. In fact, you can do that on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. We will get to those a little bit later this morning because it's going to be an awkward morning. As started off by the fact that you find out you're talking a little bit of smack sometimes occasionally. Be a little bit uh, blunt about it. And then all of a sudden, Mommy Dearest is listening. You're like, up. Oh, um, that's the last I'm going to say about it. <laughs> but that's uh, in 2022, speaking of parents, I feel like I, I went into this year just thinking, no expectations. Just that simple baseline and be pleasantly surprised if it goes above that. What I didn't know is that the year plan to show me more and more how I'm turning into my father. And it is a rough realization to fight back against. And it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's dealing with money and specifically the budget. I told myself 2022 would be the year with low expectations. Let's just make it through for once and not have everything that's happened in 2020 and 2021 repeat itself. I didn't know that meant that it would be the year that I just slowly change into my father. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's the Goals Gym debate at 8 because I have the urge to tell my house guests not following the rules that I've somewhat established. Hey, you want to do your own thing? Get your own place. Freaking that up about stuff being plugged in, trying to unplug it to save money. All of that, and now just feels like it's come all the way around and I'm talking about budget. Now, for what it's worth, I've been handling the budget since Ashley and I moved in together, and we've been living together for it'll be coming up on five years, near the end of this year. And so it's not a big deal, but, you know, stuff comes up. She had to buy a new car. I made a major purchase at the beginning of the year. There are things here and there that are scattered about that make it challenging, and I was just curious as I now feel the transformation, me sitting late night as my dad would with his glasses down to the bridge of his nose, looking over a notebook as he's writing down numbers and budgeting and all that, what was the toughest or what is the toughest thing when it comes to maintaining the family budget? Kings and queens of the finances in the house. Max on the line. Max, what is it tough? What do you find toughest for you? The most stressful part is just budgeting. I wish I can give my kids all the toys and clothes in the world, but I would rather put that money towards their college funds or a car or something they could use later on. How dare you? But yes, good job, Max. Because I feel like, to a certain extent, go through all these phases, and I tell you, the holidays are the worst, right? You tell yourself, like, I deserve this. I deserve this. And if you budget for it, great. If you set aside money and bought it, kudos to you. 
But there's also that ner- that uh, urge you're like, ah, I haven't spent that much money myself. Let's just and I, look. You got a rainy day fund. And you got money for you. All for it. But I think especially early on, you start to make money and you're like, ah, pfft, I'm making more than I had before. Let's do it. Let's spend money. And that's what you got to fight. I'm not saying you can't splurge on yourself, but it's that urge to be like, well, I'm, I'm doing fine. Like, I'm making this much. The bills are good. Because that, that stuff adds up. It adds up in a hurry. What is the most frustrating thing about family budget, uh, Tori? What, uh, what is it for you? I think the most stressful part is having to break it to your kids that there's not enough money in the budget to do what they want to do. My son has been begging me to sign him up for Ninja Warrior classes. And every month oh. I get this huge pit in my stomach when I see that it just isn't in the cards. That sucks. Yes, that. Not the kid part. But here's here's the deal. This actually came up this weekend. And I, I hope that you figured it out, Tori, and the kid gets to have those classes. But uh, Ashley has a sweet tooth. And again, to further to further drive on the fact that I'm becoming a meme of my parents, she likes candy. We have a bunch of candy at home. Yes, there's candy at home. And this is not like, no, no, you get there and you're like, oh, it's that off-brand candy. We have like drawers of candy. But she caves and she'll buy her other stuff. And again, she makes her own money. She allows to spend on whatever she wants. But it frustrates me because she's like, I wanted to buy this candy. We have candy at home. There are drawers and drawers of it. Just put a dent in some of it before you eat all of it. Yes, it's frustrating to tell her, but like, Tell the kiddos, like, we got to stick to a budget so we can do other stuff, right? You got to pay for school. We like to go on vacations. You bought a new car. I'd like to get a new car. None of that stuff is cheap. It's fun, but none of that stuff is cheap. Eat the candy at home for a stretch. It just, it's frustrating to grow up thinking of yourself as just this big kid the whole time. And then you hear yourself saying, we got candy at home, much like that we got food at home. Though I, I swear, I swear the candy at home is not bad candy. It's not, again, off-brand candy. It's good candy. But, but, just trying to be me. I'm trying to turn into my father. Let's, let's take away this anxiety by focusing on absolute idiots. Actually, today's Florida Night headlines are just inconvenience. Yes, they're stupid. What are you going to do with 20 left-footed sneakers? Our brains form habits and patterns that it cuts out to save us time or to not to basically not pay attention to. Ames with AJ's floated on a VFX, for instance, right? You might have might be with your outfit, might be your breakfast. You maybe keep your shoes in the same place. Your brains think about it. You can just walk into them without really thinking about it and then kind of go on with your day. Your brain can focus on other stuff. Well, it'd be really inconvenient if all of a sudden you didn't have your shoes in the same place or your appliances because today's Florida Not headlines are just crimes of inconvenience. A man broke into a shoe store last week and stole 20 left-footed sneakers. He was caught on the camera, but he got away. Police still looking for it, but that's it. He got away with 20 left-footed sneakers because the display ones are the left ones. So what's he going to do with them? No idea, but heaven forbid you go in there and be like, I like that one. I go, bad news, unless you only have right feet. We can't help you with that because we're out of that size. Somebody took all the left ones. Jerk. Headline number two, someone stayed at an Airbnb and stole everything. Everything, including a bunch of appliances. So apparently they checked in and thought, oh, this is nice. Moving on out. Rolled up a truck and stole off stole with everything. The dumb part is your thing is, wait a minute, don't they keep track of it? Yeah, it was easy for the cops to track them down because they used their actual ID to book the place. It's one thing to take things from a hotel. An Airbnb, well, 
you know, I think someone's going to miss miss a stove. Like, you wander off with a range. Yeah, I, I think they might want to track that one down. Two crimes of inconvenience. Will the details spill the dirty details on which story's from Florida and which one isn't? What would you do if you woke up this morning, got ready, showered, you had your breakfast, you were good to go, you went to the door where you keep the shoes, and every left shoe was gone? I don't know that that justifies a reason to call in sick, but I feel like just at any given moment, that would be the thing that just pushes me over. I'm like, nope, done. Like, I don't explain this, but all my left shoes disappeared. I'm making it in today. It's crimes of inconvenience on Florida Now with AMs with AJ on VFX, which I legitimately respect. Like, don't do anything illegal, but also respect for just trying to be as inconvenient as possible. Story number one, a man broke in to a shoe store last week. Once he was inside, he stole 20 shoes. That's it. Just left-footed shoes because those are the ones that are on display. So as he did that, he was caught on camera as he stuck, came out through the ceiling, down into the building, and got away. He got away with 20 left shoes. The thing is, I don't know if they'll be able to find him because what is he really going to do? There's not anybody to be like, nobody's going to be like, all right, I'll give you half now and then half when you give me the right shoes. That'd be a sucker's bet. Apparently, ironically enough, uh, four years ago, there was a string of burglaries in Virginia where people were stealing just right-footed shoes. So maybe this is just the completion. It's the long game. It's the long con to hopefully have mismatched shoes, which would be quite the conversation starter, but free pairs of shoes nonetheless. Story number two, speaking of inconvenient, imagine, just imagine, right? Housing is insane, but you're lucky enough to have two places to live, and you're AMA, one, an Airbnb. Now, of course, there's the deal and all that. Well, someone stayed in Airbnb last week, and when the guests, when the owners came back to check, bad news, everything was gone. Now, it's one thing in a hotel room, right, to take the soaps and the lotions and stuff to leave out. Those are complimentary. There's maybe even a few other lines you can skirt a little bit here and there, but still complimentary. Taking their TV off the wall, stealing the washer and dryer, all of that stuff, that's not complimentary. It's like, hey, take the tea. It's fine. It's good. Now, and the dumbest thing about this one is the fact that, of course, because, you know, it's a place you stay, and to combat this exact issue, you have to leave traceable evidence, a credit card, an ID, and they use their real IDs. What did you think? You got away and they're like, oh, well, we have access to this person and we could Google them and all that stuff, but ah, Grand Theft Auto rules kicked in. They're too far. They made it out of the state. It was a, it was a good run. They got it. They got us. We just let them go. Um, I don't know what you're going to do with... So this one's tough. I don't know what you're going to do with 20 left shoes because... I mean, I know the saying is you have two left feet, but still. So that's stupid, but that dude got away. Whereas in story number two, definitely more appealing things to steal, but you did it while they had every legal thing they needed on con on, on file to track you down. So it, it feels like story number two ought to be the wrong one, the dumbest of them, the Florida of them. Unfortunately not. That's in Oklahoma. Ironically enough, the right-footed crimes happened, the right-footed shoes happened in Virginia, the left-footed ones happened in Florida, and those states aren't that too apart, so if those two hook up, again, they're probably not going to have matching shoes, but they may in fact have 20 pairs of shoes that they can wear, and that's something? That something? <laughs> Florida not on VFX. Um, I want to be very clear. 
any sign of a threat is not funny. But in this day and age, right, with how far technology has come, what we can do with our phones, autocorrect, cause a police standoff, because the last thing you need to do is to not pay attention to what you text and then turn around and not be available on your phone for like 10 minutes at a time. Doesn't everyone have someone in their life who is notorious for getting a hold of you, whether it's texting or saying, call me, and then you try and do that immediately and they just disappear from the face of the planet? My dad is terrible about it. AM's with AJ on VFX. He'll text me or he'll call me and I'll just miss him and then he'll be like, call me back. And it'll be like two minutes later and I see the notification. I missed it. My phone was down, whatever. And I'm like texting or calling. And I'll hear from him for like half an hour. It's like, what did you do? Like text and just yeet your phone across the room because you couldn't get a hold of me? Don't do that. Especially if you don't check your phone, which my dad also doesn't do. He doesn't correct his mistakes or even type in full grammatical sentences. Now, luckily for this bonus Florida or not, my dad doesn't live in Pittsburgh, so it definitely wasn't him. But apparently someone at a workplace downtown texted a friend of theirs, fire alarm. That's it. But their phone and all this technology we have changed it to firearm. He hit send and then apparently he proceeded to yeet his phone out the window. So being a good friend, they contacted the police and it led to this huge blockade and they were freaking out thinking there was an active shooter and police were questioning everybody and searching buildings and all that, only for it to ultimately be a misunderstanding, which raises the question yet again, even if it was a typo, why were you texting just fire alarm and no context? If that was a code word, clearly the friend didn't get it and didn't think, oh, he must have meant fire alarm. That means his crazy ex, Brenda, showed up. I better get down there and try and bail him out. It was none of that. None of that happened. And really, I think the question we got to ask ourselves, because we've already, we already know who the jerk is. It's the person who texted, didn't answer, and then just threw their phone away. But the question we really got to ask ourselves is, why in all this age of technology do we not have an unsend button or an amend button? Any of that when it comes to text messages. Facebook sort of got caught up and figured that out, even though Facebook, well, Meta, excuse me, it's trash. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? But if you are someone who apparently texts, calls, whatever, and regularly yeets your phone out of your sight and disappears for half an hour and in, you are a scum of the earth. And that is why I'm happy to fold you into Bonus Florida Not. You have deserved, you have earned this place, madam and sir. Speaking of parents... Someone told me there's an unwritten rule about your parents' house and that anything that's in it dibs. And maybe, maybe, but also they're just going to try and sneak stuff out of it. I I don't know how I feel about this. If you think about it, one of the first things we ask our parents for help with as we're coming to this mortal existence is uppies. Uppies, carry me please. And then we spend the rest of our lives hopefully trying to avoid that basically need in different forms. AMs with AJ on VFX, right? They help you with money. They help you learn all of that. And then you want to go out on your dollar and you don't want to be have to turn around and be like, uppies, uppies, need help, need help. But we don't think of it the same way. But that's really the case. And someone sent me a thing that said the unwritten rules. If it's at your parents' house, you have access to it. And I originally said no, and that's me saying, I don't need uppies. I don't need uppies. I could do it. I'm a big boy. I do it by myself. And then I thought, I don't even own a freaking house. And yes, if I need something, I'm immediately going to assume that my parents have it. And if it's there, I'm frankly, I probably will ask. 
I feel rather polite most of the time, so I feel like I would ask. But ultimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. For instance, two years ago, Ash and I, our house is completely carpeted. I don't know why, but it is. And we wanted to clean it because we were having company. It was overdue. We've been living there for a while. So do we have a carpet cleaner? Absolutely not. Why would we have that? We're poor millennials. No. Does Ashley's parents have it? Yep, they do. Did we take it? Yes, we did. Did they get it back in a reasonable time? No, they did not. No, they didn't. Now, now in fairness, we did give them a, almost a whole new bottle of carpet cleaner that my brother gave me when he moved out. But, hey, don't tell them that part. Uppies. Uppies, please. Uppies. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, anything, anything you need. Yeah, you're, you're going to go to your parents and I, you, I, I think at a certain point you're a functioning enough adult that you would definitely ask because it's the polite thing to do, but you're going to be right there asking for uppies. In fact, three years ago, I think Ashley's dad, for a Christmas present for all three of his kids who are all living on their own, who are all in relationships, got us all our own toolboxes because, and I quote, I'm tired of people taking mine. He knew the rule. He just went and combated the rule. And ultimately, that's the thing. Like, maybe, just maybe, if you go and crash at your parents' house long enough and say, uppies, they'll just be like, you know what? Look, we made a down payment on the house. There you go. Go. Get out. Go. Go. So, yeah, I think that unwritten rule is valid. Speaking of which, when it comes to family, how do you deal with hanging out with family and or friends that are well off? Because you try to match them, but that's dangerous. Don't get suckered in to trying to be on the same level as your rich friends or family. AMs with AJ on VFX. You got to pull yourself aside. AJ, just acknowledge they're a little bit better financial situation than you are. Do not put yourself in debt just to seem just as cool as them. Seriously, my brother makes a lot more money than I do. And he's in a, a situation where he has built himself like three or four vacations a year because he works contract to contract the way his job is structured. So I travel with my brother. That's not new information. We've gone to Europe. We've gone to Asia. We have plans to see the whole world. And it's been easy enough to match. But all of a sudden, tick, 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 into this new level where it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking about doing what? I got a text from him the other day. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this trip and this trip. What do you think? And I'm like, sir, sir, if you're going to pay... Yeah, okay. If not, no, who do you like I, I don't have seven weeks of vacation a year. I don't. Fun fact, I don't think you do either. It'd be great. It would be great to have seven weeks of vacation, but I do not have it. So you gotta make sure you don't get suckered in with those friends and or family who are the well to do ones. All the time. Like how, you've been in that situation, right? Somebody wants to go see a concert or whatever. You're like, oh yeah, let's do it. And they're like, oh, we should get these tickets. And you're like, what? Are you sure about that? Like, yeah, I know they're more expensive, but I mean it's fine, right? We could sit closer. I was in, this is an old statement. I was in college and we were gonna go see Dane Cook. Loved him when he was on top of the world, loved his movies, all that. He was down in Indianapolis. And we were going to get just general nosebleeds to just be there, right? Because the whole point of the comedy thing is you want to see his visual, but hear it. And, and then my friend's like, no, 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 Let's we'll, we're going to get a little closer. We're going to get $90 tickets. I have just gotten my first actual part-time job. But I'm like, yeah, well, man, still, yeah, let's do it. Stay good. We got to do it. Pay $90. That one hurt because I actually quit that job. And that, that was my last stub right there. Basically, I got my last stub, took it to my friend, and I was like, here's my part for the tickets. We sat 
apparently closer. We were still way up in the balcony, and we were just watching through the big screen that they had at the basketball arena anyway. I was like, why did I let anyone talk me into this? It's not worth it. Do not get su- I, I know it's fun to do that stuff, but budget accordingly and do not get suckered in by the friends or family who are well off because they're flexing a little bit and maybe just maybe not totally aware of your situation. That's right. That's the case. I mean, maybe just maybe they want to brag. Who knows? Maybe it's covered up for an insecurity. They like feeling cool about it. You know, like the couple who says, oh, we never fight. Is that really true? Do you truly believe that there can be a married couple out there who's been together for a while? I'm not talking about the honeymoon phase. Been together for a while who legitimately hasn't had a single disagreement? Really? We all have known at least that couple who says, oh, no, we're great. We never fight. I'm sorry. I'm laying it on a little thick. That makes it seem like they know. They say they never fight as a couple, right? Everything's perfect. They get along great. They understand. They can read each other's minds. Seems to be the implication. AMs with AJ on VFX. I just happened to meet another one not that long ago. Running into a friend of a friend. I got to meet a couple. And just kind of got into conversations, right? Who, who, who are you dating? Five years. When you get proposed. You know, the normal conversation unfolds. You go, oh, things are great. You know, it's we never fight. And that just flat out cannot be true, right? Just in a relationship, I'm, and I'm not saying like you're shouting, like a full-on screaming match, but there's no way that that's possible. Please, people that are married, clear the air for me here. There's definitely some spat. I don't know what word you want to use. I don't want to make an ugly, just a fight, like verbal disagreements. How about that? So on the line, John, John, please tell me, right? There's fights in, in any successful marriage. I've been married to my wife for 15 years. Congratulations. And believe it or not, we haven't fought about anything yet. So I think it's definitely possible. I mean, the trick is not to sweat the small things. Just let things go. Let it slide. <laughs> oh, everyone. Congratulations again. I, I agree. The advice is completely sound, by the way. I think one of the big differences I noticed for myself um, in relationships past, not to say that they've just been – diametrically uh, way better, but things that I've noticed way different about myself that I think allowed this relationship to last for five years with Ashley is there's stupid, absolutely stupid stuff that I would get worked up about in previous years that I'm just like, it's not worth it. Like, it could just go. That's not to say that Ashley don't fight. I was just saying that we've had disagreements. It happens. I refuse to believe there's a couple of us out there that just magically don't fight. Online, Alex, Alex. Can can a couple, a married couple, has been together for a while, actually never fight? I believe if you are a very zen person and you find someone who is exactly the same with the same morals, I do find it possible to actually be able to avoid fighting in all years of marriage. Okay, are we just defining fighting differently? Are you talking about, like, just mean or whatever? Because I think disagreements are going to happen now. Would you say it's lingering disagreement or in the moment, like, we just had a discussion. Is, is that what it is? We do a clever wordplay here. Is that what it is? Like, it didn't linger into anything else. It was just something where she said something and I said something. There's a little bit of a discussion about it because there's a miscommunication or I thought this. And then it was settled and that was the end of it. Is that what this is? Because n- kudos to you. If you can do it, sure. I mean, I personally think you're lying. But kudos to you because I just... I think in a certain way, not to say it's my love language, though I'll tell you what, my sister-in-law, the way that they communicate is 
her family is a little bit more abrasive, and it is quite an adjustment to get to get used to it, and that's tough. But like, I, to a certain extent, it's a little bit caring, right? I'm not saying like you have to fight to express your caring, but a little bit of it, right, is the passion or whatever in in certain things. And so, if you can do it, you can do it. It just feels like when you say, like uh, John said, uh, you can, or excuse me, uh, Alex said, when you're in the zen, you can let things go. That just feels like in the moment you don't say anything, and then you kind of take it somewhere else, and maybe not the most productive, but. Kudos if you could do it. I just choose to believe that is an urban myth, that there are not couples that don't somehow fight in some capacity. Have a disagreement. Have a disagreement in some capacity. But now, a little bit awkward. A little bit awkward. It's not the end of awkward stories, though, because it already started out by finding out that a friend that I talk about semi-regularly on the show, mom listens to the show. So I got to deal with that because I consider her a mom as well. But it's not the end of the stories. Actually, speaking of families... Can you make a worse first impression on your potential future in-laws than I did at the first Christmas party I ever went? That is to come. Share yours for the poll of the day on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX, and we'll get to the Gold's Gym debate at 8 in about 10 minutes. VFX. While it is not true that you can't be awkward if you're silent, I have generally found that if I do not open mouth, it's much more difficult to stick foot in mouth. AMs with AJ, it's the Gold's Gym debated eight on VFX. Already feeling awkward as I found out that a friend of mine who I talk about a fair amount, uh, well, mom listens to the show. Actually, I made a TikTok talking about awkward the other day. It was talking about um, dealing with red flags, if I could be as nice as possible. Well, I, I, I went on and listed a bevy of them talking about, oh, yeah, this is the one of them happened to find me on TikTok, like the video. And comment on it. And I thought, ooh, do you know that I'm talking about you? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. So, again, while it is completely untrue that being silent lets you avoid awkward, I found that it has been much easier to avoid foot in mouth if I don't open mouth. That being said, one of my most awkward stories happened without saying a word, which I will get to. We got a text message that came in. Uh, I once met a local celebrity and was so nervous that as we were talking, he mentioned he was diabetic. I immediately replied, you got diabetes? Nice! Needless to say, it was awkward. 68255, the number to text, start your text with VFX. I was so pumped. I met, I saw, I didn't meet, CM Punk, the wrestler, at a Chicago Blackhawks game, because he's notoriously Chicago, right? And I legitimately, my dad and I laughed, I said, wait here, and just ran Pop said no idea what was going on, and I chased up to him, and I said, excuse me, Mr. Punk, I was wondering if I could take a picture with you. And, of course, he was slightly annoyed, but he goes, okay, go ahead. And so I went to take my phone out, and I couldn't I couldn't get it. And he goes, don't you know how to work your own phone? Which, of course, is making it not happen any faster. And then I, I did get the picture finally, but I felt terrible because I was like, this man will knock me unconscious. He was a professional wrestler. He was in the UFC for a while. I bothered him, which I'm sure he didn't really like as he went to enjoy a game. And I'm like, I just want to take a picture. I'll take a picture. But the most awkward story I've ever had, not even saying a word. The first Christmas, might have been the second Christmas Ash and I were together, but it was the first time I was spending with their family. We did the extended family, the big house party, like 20 different family members getting together. And this is me for the first time meeting pretty much all of them. So they've got the whole spill. We got tables upstairs and tables downstairs, and there's food everywhere, and everybody's chit chatting, and you're doing all the polite introduction and all that, and you're eating, you're eating, and you're eating, and all of a sudden there's a rumbly in the tumbly. You think, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and so you try and disappear right to the bathroom that is furthest away to do your business because you don't want to be near anybody, especially new people you're meeting. I don't want to be near anybody in general. 
especially potentially future in-laws. So I go, try to handle my business, flush. Water fills up. Uh-oh. Okay, one more time. Flush for good measure. Water fills up. Oh, no. Oh, no. It had clogged the toilet. And what do I do? Because, of course, I'm not going to leave. I just be like, ah, oh, who knows what happened? Like, that's not a good way to go about it. So I, I tell the one person that I, of course, at that point in time, immensely trust. So this is still a lot to put on her. My girlfriend. And then she tells her father, who then, I don't know what he did, but he went and dealt with it. And kudos to him. It's one of those things you don't talk about. You just kind of remember and acknowledge in your head. But life-saving. That potentially could have been way worse because it wasn't dad's house, by the way. Was not future father-in-law's house. But ironically enough, have never been back to that specific family gathering ever again. And uh, frankly, I think that was the exact right choice for me. Speaking of awkward, the enemy of my enemy is my friend is an old anecdote. Does that work in relationships? The ex of my ex is my friend? In the celebrity world, it worked, but does it work in people world? Real people world? The enemy of my enemy is my friend is an old anecdote, I believe, from Sun Tzu. AMs with AJ on VFX. Put that, I mean, realistically, like, oh, yeah. Gonna put that to work in my real life. What about, though, the ex of my ex? It's about as close as I think you're gonna get to that anecdote in everyday life. Apparently, uh, after Jason Momoa broke up with uh, Lisa Bonet, who famously was with Lenny Kravitz forever, they became bros. Kravitz and Momoa now dude bros because of the fact that they were both with Monet. And the question is, can you be friends with an ex of an ex? And I think the answer is yes, because I think one of the coolest things is, and it's usually women get to do this because men are stupid. But men, we have those stories, right, where some dude, for whatever reason, thinks he can take both women on a trip. They figure it out. They tattle on him, and they become BFFs. I don't feel like dudes get kind of way more egotistical about it, a little bit more arrogant, and so we fight each other. But, but, after time passes, I definitely think it's possible for it to exist. In my own life, um, I can tell you situation. There was a girl in high school I had a huge crush on. Several of my friends had a crush on her. I dated her in high school, and then she broke up with me and dated a friend of mine. And that bummed me out, but then in high school, I got over it pretty quick. Then in college, she dated that friend, and she broke up with him. I saw her for a little bit, and then that friend was mad, so I got kicked out of the friend group. He moved in with another friend. She dated the second friend. This is the third friend. While they were living together, all of that happened. And at the time, it was terrible. It was absolutely miserable. But then eventually, it became a funny story, sort of. Not really at her expense, but a little bit at her expense where we were like, oh, yeah, well, that was all stupid. It kind of it kind of brought us together. I think guys can do that. For instance, again, this is guys don't work the same way. I, I We have to fight about it first. I was dating a girl in college that cheated on me. Uh, then a few months went by, and a buddy of mine decided he liked her. He was great about it. He was great about it, asked me about it, and I said no. He did anyway, which was uh, – we've talked about it, but because I, I was stupid dumb about it. They dated, and I was like, no, nah, I'm done, man. Like, that's, I feel like this is a betrayal. Like, she's not a great person. So then for like seven months, him and I weren't friends, and it really caused problems for the friend circle. She cheated on him, which super sucks, but she is. She revealed who she is, right? And so eventually him and I sorted out, and we bonded over it. But then it, it becomes a funny story. It's a stupid story. It's an ex and my ex. So, yeah, for, for women, it seems like you ladies are able to do it much quicker and sort it out. Guys, 
because we see everything as a competition or see too much things as a competition. We have to fight about it first, but then, yeah, you can be like, ah, remember when you were, you idiot, like you were with her seconds, that makes you dumber. Then we can laugh about it. But initially, no, I don't think we can immediately go into, bro, you, me too. Like, oh my gosh, that's so dumb. No, we, we're stupid. But yes, I believe this is the everyday people version of my ex, my, it, my enemy of my enemy is my friend. My ex of my ex at least knows what I was dealing with. I tell you, one of the worst sentences you can ever hear. Uh, we were having a Halloween party. A buddy of mine was hosting it, and I met a friend he worked with at the bar he was working at. Her name was Evie. And I was like, oh, hi, Evie. I'm AJ. And she goes, oh, yeah, I know you. I'm friends with Megan, who was an ex I had a very bad breakup with. And I immediately, no joke, was like, oh, Okay, well, that's the last thing I'll be saying to you tonight. I hope you have a good evening. Because <laughs> I was like, she already heard probably a bunch of stories. That's super awkward. I'm going to go stand on the other side of the room. One of the worst sentences I have ever heard while meeting someone. We haven't played this game in a minute. Am I crazy? How sentimental are you? I, I dabble. I feel like I'm generally pretty sentimental. But when it comes to tokens of remembrance, one of the basic ones, too, you have pictures in your house. Now, of course, at any given moment, you could take out your phone and be like, I want to capture this for posterity or cloud or whatever. It needs to go on social media, whatever it is. AMs with AJ on VFX. But just how much, in terms of sentimentality, collecting the moments, remembering the moments, do you need in your house? The game is Am I Crazy? You can leave a random voicemail, 435-787-0945, with your opinion that may be slightly... I was going to say controversial, but how about different? So, today's version of the game goes as such. Am I crazy? I, like, really hate having pictures in my house. I don't know. It's so stereotypical to me. Like, why do I need all these pictures of people I just see all the time in person? My initial reaction is no. You're not crazy, but not based on your answer. Because I think it's good throughout mem- throughout life to have those moments. Now... As someone who wholeheartedly subscribes to social media has ruined the beauty of the moment, I am not in online with taking selfie of everything. But thinking of my so minus rich, I hate staged photos. Like if you get dressed up and go do the thing, like that is a parent thing. My my mom used to make us do it every year, and I thought this is so stupid. And I guess it was the documents every year, and it was a different time where pictures were more of a big deal, right? It wasn't as easy to do them. But the thing is, it's like, I hate them, like, an, a nice one here, there, whatever. I get to a certain extent, but it's it's fake. It's fake. What I think is acceptable and the ones that I have in my house are ones that have been taken mostly in the moment, like gone on vacation or we've gotten together or someone happened to snap a picture. Those ones I'm good with. Now, is it, is it am you crazy for not having your house? No, not necessarily. You could probably put them somewhere. I mean, you know, I think we've trended away from pictures a little bit. I don't think it's nuts to want to have a picture here or there. So, or not to have any at all. Because if uh, you have the memories, but I think that's why the candid ones are so great to me. Like when I'm on vacation with my brother, when I randomly see my sister and my mom happen to take a picture because we're doing something stupid. Those ones to me are great because they're in the moment and they're cool to have that memory because that's what I'm going to remember. No one's going to be like, oh my gosh, I went and stood in the canyon and took these amazing professional photos. It's kind of like what it is. You staged it for a second, it happened, it's gone like a flash as opposed to having really any attachment to it. In the moment, 
amazing. Those pictures I'm on board with every time. Having them in their house, not necessarily. There's enough places to collect them now, social media, on your computer, whatever. And if you see the people, that's great. But just maybe, maybe you want to have them around just a smidge. Heaven forbid, but just in case. Just in case. Speaking of capturing the moment for posterity so we can insult it, it lives in its place in lore. It's the same thing with uh, park narcs, right? Yeah, we could sit there and say, oh, man, I saw this terrible car. It's a jack wagon. And you kind of remember it. Or you could take a picture and then we can make fun of it. And that's what we need to do. Have you voted? The votes have blown up early on. This is going to be a tight contest. We'll get into it. Reintroduce you if you haven't seen them yet. Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. While you may not want pictures in your house, I love that we have pictures up on our wall, our Facebook wall to be specific, when it comes to park narcs because they can never escape the fact that they are total and utter jerks. Utah's VFX, AMs with AJ, a ton of early votes here. And I thought, okay, close. A little bit of deciding factor early on, but it's still early. So nominee number one, if you haven't seen this week, it's a, it's a difference in how how much time the two of these uh, nominees this week for Park Narcs want to take. Because nominee number one clearly has all the time in the world and has no idea where they're going. They've got their front tires in two special needs spots, one each. They've got their back tires in a stripy rectangle. They're also parked next to a light pole, which is inconveniently placed, might I add. That's about the only leeway I can give them. And it actually looks like they split two signs that have this the special needs uh, sign up there to let you know where it is. So it's like, hey, in case you weren't sure, I am just going to do everything wrong as I'm leisurely making my way through the parking lot. Whereas nominee number two is the definition of something we, we've we come across a couple different times in Park Narcs. Oh, it's just going to take a minute. In fact, we had someone complain once upon a time that they got nominated for Park Narcs. Did they park like a jack wagon? Yes. What was their defense? Oh, I was just in there for just a second. I'm sorry. I forgot that it was illegal to do that. Now, to nominee number two's credit, not trying to find a leeway, but they are not parked anywhere they're not supposed to be in terms of the special needs spot. They are taking up two spots. They came in at a 45-degree angle because they clearly just had to run it. It was just going to be a minute. It's fine. I can pause all traffic laws because I just got to go. Then you know when you're late for work, you can blow through stop signs. Please do not do that. It's not actually a thing. It was just a crazy example. It was hyperbole. So which one to you was the most annoying? Nominee number one who's taking up so countless spots and has no concern for anyone because they're just leisurely making their way through the day. Or number two who just... Because they're going fast, they don't have to have anything held to them. There's no rules. Utah's VFX pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Which one is the most annoying? Of course, you see terrible parking. Utah's VFX, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Submit it to our social media. I have the perfect one if you're just holding it together today. You just got an email that irritated you. VFX's Facebook roulette will solve that problem. AJ Knight on Facebook, like share the whole goal is to stumble across something to make facebook funnier make you laugh to inspire to keep it from being just a total toxic waste dump landed on my friend ironically enough also aj shared a tweet says all due respect is a wonderful expression because it doesn't actually specify how much respect is actually due could be none could be none could be some could be none with all due respect and remember i'm saying with all due respect you're just barely holding together remember with all due respect, per my last email, two great ways to really zing it to them, but be like, nah, look, this is corporate speak. I did exactly what I needed to. 
The AJ Knight across all social media. Same for Utah's VFX, which also uh, you can use to vote for Parknarks. Please do. And submit for Parknarks. Also works for um, the podcast. Momentary blank there. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio app, Utah's VFX. You search it. Voila. And then, of course, don't forget the after show, which is on all the social media. Twitch and uh, is added for the after show where Bruce Butters, Mima, and I just talk about whatever. I think we're definitely going to get in the ex's ex stories, the ex of my ex, my friend. Someone sent us a crazy swapperoo story. So if you want to hear that, definitely want to check out the after show. Comes up at about 1030. The weather is beautiful. Roll down the windows. Turn up the music. Don't, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Do it. And until tomorrow morning for AMs with AJ. Thanks for listening to VFX, and don't do anything I wouldn't do.